Chapter Twenty Seven of French History for English Children. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ginger Cucolo. French History for English Children by Caroline Amelia Stephen. Chapter Twenty Seven. Charles V, thirteen sixty four to thirteen eighty. The next king was Charles V, the eldest son of John. As this young man had been managing the business of governing the country for eight years already, his subjects thought they knew pretty well what sort of a king he would make, and they were not much pleased at the idea of having him to rule over them. He had run away from the Battle of Poitiers when a boy, and since then he had never been seen with armor on, being weak and delicate, unfit for war and for most of the amusements of the time. He had not been able to do anything for his country in the troubles of the time when John was a prisoner, and it was supposed that he was too foolish to govern, but his subjects soon changed their minds about him when he became king, and Charles V is now known as Charles Le Sage or the Wise. His people never loved him, for they never saw him, and knew scarcely anything about him. He used to live shut up in his own palace, seeing only his ministers and his generals, and making plans with them as to how the country was to be governed. One very important matter when France had such fierce enemies ready to attack her, especially when the king was not able to go to war himself, was to find a good general to lead the armies. The king was happy enough to find such a man, Bertrand du Guesclin, a knight of Brittany, who fought his battles for him all through his reign, often with great success. Du Guclon, when a child, had been fierce and willful, and cared for nothing but fighting. His mother had often been in despair as to what would become of him, but as soon as he was a man he grew famous for his strength and courage in tournaments, till at last he became a soldier in earnest, and fought all through many of the wars in the reign of King John. One unusual thing about him was that he was kind to the poor, and defended them whenever it was possible. Wars such as those in which he had to fight could not go on without bringing much ill-treatment and distress to the poor of the country, round about. But the difference between Du Gauclin and most other soldiers of his time was that he was sorry to see this distress, and did what he could to relieve it. While most men did not think about it at all, and went on their way without caring in the least what happened to the peasants. Charles V found that one of the great troubles of France when he began to reign was what was called the Free Lance Companies. They were more like bands of robbers than soldiers. They had no payment for fighting but what they could get for themselves, so that they were obliged to take food and whatever they wanted from the people of the country. The King of Navarre had called together a great number of these companies and was pleased to see them lay waste the kingdom that belonged to his enemy. Du Gaucon defeated them in a great battle, which kept them quiet for a time. This happened just before the king was crowned, so that it was looked upon by his subject as a sign of a happy and successful reign. But new troubles soon arose. The war in Brittany was still going on, and Du Gaucon led an army to help Charles de Blois, the prince on whose side the kings of France had always been. This time the French leader was defeated. He was taken prisoner, and his men were put to flight. After this, Jean de Montfort, the friend of the English, was made Duke of Brittany, and there was peace in that country and in other parts of France for a short time. But though the war stopped, the free company still roamed about the land, burning and stealing wherever they went, and building themselves strong places to live in, so that they were in no danger of being driven away by the angry peasants. 
the king's soldiers far from trying to defend the people helped the robbers and took a share of the spoil for themselves charles at last made up his mind that the free companies must in some way or other be made to leave france and it was arranged that du goclon should take them to fight in spain where a war was going on unfortunately du goclon and the companies fought too well they conquered their enemies and came back to france again to the despair of the people it was supposed that the english employed the companies to do harm to france and this was one of the reasons for the quarrel which soon arose between france and england no one can have supposed that the french would ever be satisfied to live at peace while the english were masters of the greater part of one side of the country when one country conquers another and takes from it a large quantity of land there is almost sure to be another war before long and so it happened now the people living in the part of france which had been given up to the english were displeased at the way in which they were governed by the black prince who was their ruler one difficulty as usual was that he wished them to pay more taxes than they liked it is also said that the french disliked their english rulers chiefly on account of the rough unfriendly manners of the english who never seemed to think that the french had anything to do with them or ought to be treated like subjects of the same king but behaved as if they were conquered enemies almost servants the people of one of these provinces sent to king charles saying that he had not the power to give away any of his subjects to another king and asking him to let them come back and be his subjects once again charles was pleased at this for he had long been making up his mind in secret to go to war with england and now he seemed to have a good excuse charles then sent a letter to the black prince telling him of the complaints made against him by his french subjects and calling upon him to come to paris to be judged there by the king's court this was treating the prince as if he were still a vassal of charles and made him very angry when the letter was brought to him he thought for a little while and then shaking his head we will certainly go to paris as the king of france sends for us but we will go helmet on head with sixty thousand men behind us a few months later king charles declared war charles had resolved that this war should be carried on in a different way from those which had gone before he saw that the nobles of france had become so unruly and rash and that the common people were so ill prepared for fighting that he had no chance in a great battle against the english he knew that if the french were defeated again as they had been at cressy and poitiers it would be a terrible misfortune for the country and make more of the distress and poverty which he was trying to relieve he therefore gave orders to his generals that no battle should ever be fought between his men and those of the king of england if the english marched through the country as they often did they found no one to resist them the villagers fled to the strong towns taking with them all the food they could carry off and the english marched from one province to another laying waste the country but wearing themselves out by degrees and obliged to come back at last by loss of men and want of food the peasants usually followed the army at a little distance and attacked it whenever they had an opportunity doing as much harm as they could du guesclin was a great help to the king both in making these plans and in carrying them out for him they answered so well that after the war had lasted four years the english were driven entirely out of the province of poitou and after this more and more of the country was taken from them the black prince died in england while the war was still going on his nature had seemed to change as he grew older and he who had shown so much kindness and politeness to king john of france after the battle of poitou became cruel to his enemies and severe to his subjects before the end of his life 
His last victory was at Limoges, a French town which he took after a siege of a month. He treated the people with horrible cruelty, urging on the soldiers to kill them all. He was very ill at the time, and was carried through the streets in his litter, while men, women, and children threw themselves on their knees before him, crying for mercy. But he listened to none of them, and more than three thousand people are said to have been put to death on this day. The city was burned, plundered, and destroyed. Charles V, who carried on this great war so well, and freed such a large part of his kingdom from the power of the English, had time to think about peaceful matters as well as about armies and fortresses. He read books of all kinds, and employed some of the wise men about him to write books upon questions which interested him, and to translate old Greek and Latin books so that they might become well known. He was also fond of building, and during the year of truce, which came in the middle of the long war with England, he had many bridges, churches, and fine houses begun in Paris. He also began the Bastille, which was at first a fortress to defend Paris against enemies, and afterwards was used only as a prison. Charles was very delicate. He had many illnesses and did not live long. His death was sudden. The war between the French and English was going on. A body of English had been surrounded by different French armies in a place between two rivers, from which they could not make their way out. One morning, when the English came out of their camp, there was no enemy to be seen. The French generals had been called to Paris, where Charles V was dying. His two younger brothers were with him, and the king made them promise to protect his eldest son, the Dauphin, a boy of twelve years old. Another brother, the Duke of Anjou, had also come to court, though without being invited, as he and Charles were not friends. No sooner was the king dead than this brother seized all the jewels which had belonged to him, and kept them for his own, though they should by right have passed on to the new king, the son of Charles V. End of chapter 27 Recording by Ginger Cucolo.